This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Hi, this is Kate Cruz at Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I am with Sara Vazy. Uh, to get us started, Sara, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role at your organization? Sure. Uh, well, it's great to be here today. I um, am the Chief Digital Officer and the Chief Strategy Officer at Providence. Uh, Providence is a large uh, health system based in the Western United States. We have 51 hospitals, over a thousand clinics, and we're vertically and horizontally integrated, of course. Uh, so we cover seven states um, from Alaska, Washington, Oregon, California, Texas, New Mexico, and Montana. And uh, in my role, I, especially um, from a chief digital officer perspective, I'm really responsible for that front end, that digitally enabled front end of the organization um, so that we can be discoverable by the folks in our communities. We can get them into our system when they need care. We can establish long-term relationships with them and, uh, and sort of build that, um, build that, um, consumer grade experience that we're so used to in other um, in other facets of our lives. So I have responsibility for marketing, digital experience, and a product development group where we build technology to help do that. You sound very busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. When you think of digital innovation in healthcare right now, what excites you the most and why? There are actually a lot of things that excite me um, in digital. And it's been, you know, I've been with Providence for almost eight years and we've gone through ups and downs, I would say, uh, in terms of digital enablement and digital health in, in healthcare. Um, whether it be care delivery related or sort of around care delivery. Um, but we've gone through some ups and downs. And I think we're um, coming out of 2022, where there was a lot of pressure on health systems uh, financially, you know, coming out of uh, or the continuation of two plus years of COVID and sort of the knock on effects. So, um, you know, last year was a difficult time. This year, health systems are continuing to work on kind of the core improvement, but how digital supports that is um, is really exciting. So, so a couple of the things that I'm very excited about are just sort of this notion of like platforms that support consumer grade experiences. Uh, for many years, we were more in, I would say, like point solution land where there were these lots of solutions cropping up but no systematic way to put them, you know, to surface them to users and, um, and to create that really great consumer grade experience. So those types of platforms that are emerging, I'm very excited about them. Uh, no technology conversation these days would be complete without talking about generative AI and large language models um, in particular. And we've started to use them to support our personalization efforts, to support how we navigate patients and consumers throughout our system, um, in particular by understanding their intent at like a really deep level and then connecting them with the things that they need. So. Uh, those are two really big areas. And I think, you know, it's kind of easy to say, hard to do, and we're still at the very early stages, but it's um, it's a really exciting time. It's been really interesting to hear organizations and their different approaches to generative AI. Because um, like you said, everyone's talking about it, but everyone has a different perspective, use for it. Um, so thanks for sharing that. 
um, at your organization, what are your top priorities for technology? What are big issues that you're trying to solve? Uh, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll give you a couple different uh, lenses um, to apply to this problem. Uh, uh, or rather like just how you do tech enablement. We have a whole host of work that our chief information officer um, owns within the system. And that's primarily around sort of core infrastructure. Think about how we partner with Microsoft around cloud, for instance, or our platform partners from an EMR or from an ERP um, enterprise resource planning perspective. So that's a lot of work that his team does um, separate from what the chief, you know, my uh, digital Digital role is focused on. Um, they also focus on caregiver facing. We call all of our employees caregivers. So they focus on, you know, um, supporting our caregivers in uh, with technology to reduce burnout or to support care model redesign or, um, or you know, support our core operations from a talent acquisition and retention standpoint. So there's a lot of activity happening there it, to modernize, um, uh, kind of get single platforms or more coherent inter, um, enterprise infrastructure, like technical infrastructure, to um, to make our ability to innovate on those um, populations, like our caregivers, much more rapid, much more effective. Then the work that my team owns is really focused on again our consumers. So. Um, so from a technical perspective, we're focused on actually, I'll, let me back up and say what we're focused on from a business or from an enablement perspective. We're focused on um, discovery. So and in service to driving um, new customers, new patients, new consumers who need care into our system. So, you know, uh, sort of the crude way of saying it is new customer acquisition. We're focused a lot on engagement and uh, we're focused uh, on kind of establishing that relationship once you've got, once you've earned the right. And that helps to drive things like um, uh, long-term value capture and things like that. So from a, so again, we're, we're doing things like around identity driven engagement, which means know your user and then surface up um, and serve up the contextually relevant, personalized things to them, um, do so in a frictionless way or reducing as much friction as possible, and then um, use that to drive kind of ongoing relationships um, that may not exclusively be in the, I would say, clinical transaction domain, but it helped to establish that relationship. Yeah, so very important stuff. Um, what is one piece of advice you'd give to healthcare leaders today regarding digital innovation? Well, uh, uh, as I mentioned, the 2022 was a really difficult year. And um, I think it was also positive in that it reinforced the need to be focused and to really know what you're trying to solve for. Um, we, we had, um, you know, digital was a bit of a hot, you know, area, but not necessarily, um, hadn't really demonstrated value. And, um, we were many systems across the country and ourselves included, we were kind of dabbling in some places. Yep. And um, what I learned last year, most importantly, was focus on the core thing that's going to help the core of the system survive. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a recipe for success. Um, so focus, don't dabble, and then do so in partnership with others. Tech enablement is uh, very resource intensive. So uh, we couldn't do uh, a lot of the work that we've done without our cloud partnerships, our um, 
are other sort of infrastructure partnerships that then allow us to build technology on top of them in a more scalable way. Yeah, great advice and some great points. Thank you. Um, could you provide examples of specific instances where there where the integration of informatic solutions led to improved patient outcomes or enhanced patient provider communication? Uh, I have a great example on this one. Um, and I'll, again, kind of... Uh, anchor it on the problem that we've faced, which is that over the course of the last almost four years now since COVID started, one of the things that we um, as an industry did was to support getting our patients online with us. And um, what that meant was we trained a lot of folks to use things like telehealth to message with their providers. Now that's a good thing in some ways. And in another, and there were unintended consequences. One of the unintended consequences was that we, um, I uh, saw a huge explosion of messages being sent to providers in their in-basket. And for folks that may not know, the in provider in-basket is like their inbox, right? Um, and those messages were being generated by patients in the EMR. They would go into, in our case, my chart, and they would send their provider message about all sorts of things. Some of them are clinical things. Some of them are like, I need to reset my password. Some of them are, um, I need to... Uh, check on my medication refill, I need to book an appointment, you know, all sorts of different things. And, um, and so uh, what that amounted to was this explosion of in-basket messages. Um, and it became very unsustainable for our providers, right? They've got to deliver cl clinical care, like yeah. then adding this to their plate is um, really challenging. So uh, we've viewed the problem in a couple different ways or how to tackle the problem. In one way, you can actually support a patient in getting their question answered or their task completed um, without them having to send a message. And um, we call that message deflection. And what we did was we put a chat bot in front of, in, in my chart, in front of our experience and um, enabled our patients if they were thinking about sending a message to instead converse with the chatbot. And the accuracy of these chatbots has gotten even better with LL, with LLMs, which are large language models. Um, and we have been able to satisfy um, a lot of their requests or their needs without them ever having to send their provider a message. That's awesome. So that's like one of the things I'm most excited about. We've got some early results. For instance, over 20% of administrative messages were handled via this via this mechanism. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's a really measurable benefit to the uh, to our clinicians or their care team so they don't have to do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I can't think of anything that would speed up burnout much quicker than 300 plus emails a day. Exactly. <laughs> um, five years from now, what do you think will be the most significant change in healthcare delivery and operations? And how can leaders prepare? Um, you know, I think that... Uh, the realities of the last couple years have sort of started to set in in that um, the importance of uh, partnerships and connected ecosystems of care. Now, those are like, that's kind of a lot of jargon. But really what that means is we're going to fully start to realize that patients and consumers don't just go to one place. We've been talking about it for a long time, but um, I think we're like, the you know um we're fully actually experiencing it now and and realizing its implications um and like one of the things that we've realized is that um 
uh, consumers use about five different healthcare brands a year for a variety of different things. And they're often doing that on their own, right? They have to navigate it on their own. And so um, engaging systematically in partnerships that allow all of these different brands to um, benefit from working with one another in service to a better patient experience, I think is what we're going to start seeing more and more of. Um, like there are a lot of other, of course, systemic structural challenges in the healthcare system. Like for instance, how care is financed, right? Like that's a that's a very difficult, in potentially intractable problem. But connecting the dots, I think, for patients um, around common frameworks like uh, like consumer engagement that's supported by single sign-on, for instance. Like, I think we're going to start seeing that. Um, I know we are working on it actively. We actually just announced... Um, our fourth incubated technology that's working on that, um, that notion of identity driven engagement. And so I think that's the biggest single biggest change that we'll see in the next five years. Yeah, that will be huge. Well, Sarah, Sarah, thank you for spending some time with me today. Is there anything else our listeners should know? I think it is a, um, we're at a time, you know, there's like ebbs and flows in terms of change and um, movement in um, in every industry. And I think we're coming up on a time where there's going to be a lot of change. And um, that can be both exciting and scary. And it's really up to us to um, uh, drive it in a way that's beneficial to our communities. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think, um, you know, from a delivery system standpoint, from a technology underpinning standpoint, we can collectively do that. Awesome. Well, thank you again for all of your time, your insights, your advice. Really enjoyed it. And thank you so much. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.